Hello, crazy flock. It's Gaio Loco here back with a special podcast episode. It was two weeks ago when Dama and I did a special from phone, since, you know, doing some social distancing here now. And before I start, I wanted to say I hope you all are doing safe, keep doing good, washing your hands. Just please be smart and safe. Uh, but... And also, just want to say that, yeah, because of this, didn't really have time to plan out with Damon to try something, but I decided to ask somebody to do a special interview slash talk <laughs> that I can always talk really well with and that totally gets me and everything. So, uh, yeah, let's get to my special, special guest. <laughs> My mom, Melody Novak. <laughs> Welcome, and thank you for deciding to do this for the first time. Thanks for having me, Ian. I'm glad to be here. A little nervous, but we'll see how it goes. Yeah, I mean, I understand it's your first time doing this. You have, however, heard me doing this a number of times now. Many times. <laughs> and, uh, well, uh, basically cutting right to the chase because... Because of this situation, some of us aren't working as much. You or at to, all. Or at all. And you just happen to have been one of them, and I'm very sad about that. Uh, this, however, did give me a chance to basically let you peruse a collection of films that you have not seen, and maybe get caught up a little bit, however you feel like. But uh, And if you feel like trying to come up with a supposed honorable nickname for the show involving poultry please let me know okay uh but pretty much as a backstory about this uh without question my mom is always one of the biggest people i can talk with we get along so well we're very alike in a lot of ways too <laughs> uh starting back she did not grow up here in indiana uh started in california so how about you run our view listeners through and maybe a little bit of me. How was it like growing up in California? Uh, it was great. We'll start there. Um, graduated high school in the late 70s, so definitely had a good time, good music, good friends. It was a great time to be a teenager. Um, moved to Indiana uh, when I was about 19. Okay. Um, so that would be what year? I've been 1978. 1978, yeah. So I've been back here longer, but um, I miss California. A lot of the things. Ocean, mm -hmm. lots to do, family. I, I, I saw that when I went out there last year, so I completely understand that yes. being here my whole life. <laughs> no doubt. Lots of, lots of good food. Um, there's some things I don't miss. Uh, you know, I don't miss the traffic or... yeah some of the smog and, and things like that, but um, 
it was definitely a great place to grow up, great time to be growing up, mm -hmm. great music, great movies. Um, it was yeah. just a very laid back time. Yeah. Uh, I, I kind of also want to let our view listeners know that because of who this is with me and we're going to probably talk about music for a little bit. That's probably like the first time on this channel uh, because we don't have the time frame for movies with this. But music was always a big thing, it sounds like, from what I have heard about you growing up. So how about what, what was the most memorable concert you can think of? Oh, absolutely. Vividly? My very first concert that I ever went to was the California Jam. That was in 1973. Mm -hmm. uh, ten bands um, out of the Ontario Motor Speedway. Uh, kind of like a Woodstock type of festival. Or mayhem for me. <laughs> or mayhem for you. Um, the bands that were there, we're talking Black Sabbath, Deep Purple, Emerson, Lake, and Palmer. Uh, and this is before the, Black Sabbath was big, right? This was, well... They, they were they were starting to get um, things, but the the biggest thing is that ticket cost ten dollars. Yeah. <laughs> so things have definitely changed a little bit, but absolutely, um, I didn't even know I was going to that concert um, until middle of the night when uh, I had two older brothers that were about eight years older than me. Mm -hmm. And um, they had one of their friends couldn't go because they Dropped were sick. Out. So they said, come on, sis, you're going to a concert. <laughs> I was in eighth grade at Catholic school at the time. And I'm like, heck yeah, <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> so off I went. Um, it was a great, great day. Uh, that was also back when streaking was kind of a thing. So <laughs> saw some of that. Um, my, my eyes were, were definitely, uh, open, mm -hmm. um, that day, but I always loved that music. Um, my, you? my brothers were great at, uh, giving me a good start to, uh, yeah, that, good that, music at an early age. Um, that, that was going to be my question was yeah. if they, did they introduce <laughs> you to this world? Yes, they did. Um, I, they gave me, I remember Black Sabbath Paranoid when mm -hmm. it first came out. Um, so that was one of my early uh, kind of hard rock, metal-y kind of albums. Yeah. Um, they also gave me the first Led Zeppelin album. Um, and I've still got both of these. So, you know, I know they're antiques, but I, I kind of am too, so that's okay. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so I've appreciated really good music, um, for most of my life. Mm -hmm. Now, is there, I, I mean, I don't want to try to step on people's toes, but are there, is there certain music that you just can't get into that were big at that time? I mean, I can think of one right off the bat, which is Grateful Dead. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. Um, it's, yeah, still in that, in that kind of genre, um. I think the only song by them that I really uh, liked at all was uh, probably Casey Jones' uh, 
driving my train high on cocaine. Mm -hmm. They actually used to play that. Uh, the high school I went to, John Glenn High School, shout out, um, <laughs> had a radio station run by the students, and that song played almost every day at lunch. Hmm. Um, out, out there, it's all outdoor. Um, it's more like college campus where you're, you're walking outside for each class. It's not all indoor like it is back here. So no. out in the quad, mm -hmm. uh, they would be playing that song. <laughs> and I know that sounds kind of shocking, but at the time, yeah. it was allowed. Um, so that was probably about the only song of theirs. Um, I'm, I didn't really get into a lot of the, the bubble gum, as it was called back yeah. then. Um, kind of more pop, I guess, music. Mm -hmm. I Once I got exposed to the harder rock, I mm -hmm. I pretty much stayed in that lane. Yeah. Never been, you know, no, no country uh, music has ever really been in my vernacular. And I don't know, I mean, I like classical music. My dad was um, very into classical music. My uncle was a music conductor. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, later on, uh, probably like in the late 70s, early 80s, I, I really got into bands like Kansas and um, Styx, different things, you know, where they had a little more, some other, uh, Sticks, Adam Sandler's favorite band. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, bands that, that had a, a lot going on, too. Their music was a little more complicated and um, yeah. just a lot. Very intricate. Yeah. Um, so, I know that this is always hard, but if you had to say, like, a top five bands that you grew up listening to that were big influences for you, who would you say? I already know I can guess three, but I want to hear you say them. <laughs> okay, let's see. Well, uh, we have the, the, the big three that were very formative, which was uh, Led Zeppelin, Alice mm -hmm. Cooper, uh, Black Sabbath. Um, like I said, then we kind of rolled into, I would definitely have to say again, Kansas. I mm -hmm. was a huge, huge fan. Um, Did not know that big. Oh yeah, I have just about almost all their albums uh, back when they were all together. And I like more, not the stuff that was heard on the radio a lot. Yeah, um, I, I've definitely gotten that vibe from you. Um, golly. It's, you know, it's a little challenging to, to think because there were so many. Yeah. Um, Peter Frampton was huge when I was in high school. Um, Frampton Comes Alive. Mm -hmm. Van Halen was huge, huge. for me. Especially um, in the California Van, area. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, which I want to give them a pass. They, they're they not part of the hair metal, really. They're more hard rock. Oh, absolutely. Because Eddie's just a the shredder genius, yes. on the guitar. Um, so, so, yeah. But, um, so going to Catholic school... <laughs> I, I now have to ask this, how, how did your, uh, just because it's always going to be on minds of people whenever, like, you know, you're listening to that kind of stuff, no matter what era you are born in, how, how did your parents feel about this? Um, it was kind of funny. My mother, 
she actually, Alice Cooper kind of started to grow on her, I think. Um, I listened to it so much, mm -hmm. um, and I'm sure she could hear it from my bedroom, which she ended up getting me these really great headphones that she suggested I listen mm -hmm. to. So, But she still, she, you know, kind of got to the point where she was, you know, I kind of like that Alice Cooper. He's not yeah. so bad. Now, so, now, is that just from hearing him or seeing him on stage, though? Uh, I think at that time I was just hearing him. I don't think... I don't the she shock... may have eventually seen him. I mean, she saw the album covers, of course, but yeah. she... I don't think... I don't know that she ever really... You'd probably have to ask my little brother if she ever yes, really... Shout out, shout out to Moses. If she ever uh, saw uh, his performances. Yeah. Um, but... Because... I, and then kind of cutting back to Moses, because since I got to go spend time with him recently, he said definitely two big ones for him were Sabbath and Iron Maiden. Oh. Was Iron, how, how high up is really Iron Maiden for you? Is they're one of the big things for like the metal scene as far as it evolved? Um, I so, mean, they were there, but I, I cannot... I feel like I kind of got into them later. Um, just it wasn't something I was hearing a lot of at the time. Mm -hmm. Um, but I like him. Yeah, Bruce Dickerson. I like him now. I he's got yeah an amazing voice. Um, and I like their music. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, my kind of metal is what <laughs> would be clean yeah. vocals. Um, I just don't do the growl because I can't understand what they're saying. Maybe if I could understand what they were saying, I would like it more. I appreciate, though, the uh, uh, instrumental. I mean, the, the speed that they play yeah. is, is mind-blowing to me. Um, so, so did you happen to remember also any kind of movies that you saw in the theater in California that stuck out vividly? Cause I can think of three that you have told me that you've seen in the theater. I just don't know if you saw them in California, which were Alien. Nope. Oh, you didn't? That was back here. Okay. Uh, Young Frankenstein. That was uh, California. And uh, Excalibur. That was back here. Okay. And you did tell me an interesting story about you going, wanting to go see Excalibur. Uh, being like a friend of yours told you about it, said a very interesting thing about uh, the wizard himself. <laughs> he thought Merlin was the coolest part of that movie. He just thought uh, his name was Greg. I He was a co-worker of mine uh, when I worked for Noble Romans Pizza. Mm -hmm. Shout out. Um, but uh, yeah, he's the one who told me about this and... Uh, once I saw it, I just, yep, yeah, it was a great movie. The visuals. Mm -hmm. And also, you know, at that time, there, there were a lot of things going on with some, you know, mind-altering uh, things we used to do back in the, the 70s and 80s uh, that just made those movies even more yeah. wow. Um, Alien scared the crap out of me. Mm -hmm. I saw that in a theater here with one of the big 70 millimeter screens. <laughs> so the screen kind of wrapped almost halfway around the theater. Uh -huh. 
So you kind of felt like you were inside Sorry. of that thing. Um, so that kind of scared me. <laughs> and but, what, about, what about Young Frankenstein? Oh my gosh. <laughs> young Frankenstein. That was one uh, used to cut school. Sorry. Um, to go see that. Um, a couple of my friends at the time uh, got jobs at the movie theater, so, and they were a couple years older than me, and uh, so, yeah, there were a lot of movies I went and saw at the theater. That one, though, I could probably say 14, 15 times went to go see it at the theater. Holy sh... Um, didn't have to pay for it. Well, um, that helped. But even if you did, back yeah. then, movies were about a dollar. Um, so, so, so I have, t well, three that I'm wondering that came out around the time that if you did see them in the theater, so you can just tell me yes or no if you, and if you want to talk about it. Did you see Star Wars? Yes. <laughs> and, how, and how was that experience? Because I'm not going to get that experience <laughs> other than when I saw the prequels and the newest ones. It was amazing. Um... It was, I remember, a long line at the movie theater. Uh, back then, I didn't have a car. Mm -hmm. And uh, me and my boyfriend walked to the movie theater that was a couple cities away. So it was kind of an all-day walk mm -hmm. and an all-day walk back. And then, you know, the time at the theater. But in, you know, 1976, 77 I think it was. 77. Um, it blew us away. It was just... For first ever summer blockbuster. Yeah. So, I, I definitely am very jealous of that. <laughs> uh, because as you, should as you should know, with me growing up, it's always been a giant thing for me. Uh, did you see Halloween in the theater? Oh. I think I did. I think I did. I'm pretty sure I saw that in the movie theater. And was this... It still scares me. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I like I, to watch it every year at yeah. Halloween. Um, I didn't watch it until I got a bit older, so... Yeah. Uh, oh, jeez. Now I'm trying to think. What was the third one? It was like a... Oh, Jaws. Oh, my God. Yeah. Saw that at the movie theater. Yeah, and and uh, the strange thing about that is, growing up out in L.A., we were nobody I knew. None of us were scared of sharks. Mm -hmm. To us, sharks were something that were way out in the middle of the ocean. Mm -hmm. The only thing we were afraid of was jellyfish. Yeah, um, getting stung by a jellyfish. But and we used to go body surfing and swim way out. Um, on the pier, and uh, once I saw Jaws, that <laughs> made you scared of going back in the ocean. Uh, that that swimming out very far. Well, that got people scared to get in a pool <laughs> and a tub. So ocean is a little bit more understandable because that that's the genius actually part of Jaws is that this really can't happen. Yeah, and it's those not... are probably the movies that scare me the most. It's... Are are those that. You know, Can. could happen. Uh, yeah. So, so, like, stretching it, like, My Michael Myers. Eh, nah, it just, 
it, it was just scary that you know the well the first concept of it right. with like the person like you know stalking babysitters and stuff like that but then once he got supernatural that's where it's like uh yeah that's so when much. your mind kind of goes to a safe place of okay i can enjoy this this is scary i can appreciate it mm -hmm. um, you know but it's not real but yeah the movie's it it's more this could really happen yeah those are kind of scary um, so to kind of track back to how I asked you about how you're, you lent more with your mom about how she felt about, you know, listening to Black Sabbath, Alice Cooper, stuff like that. So let's flash forward a little bit. How have you felt about my tastes and how they have matured? Because I would say the big ones for me, because I'm going to leave out a whole part of my music history, even though it's there, just going to ignore it now. <laughs> Because I really wasn't getting uh, I would say that I started to develop it when I met my buddy Nick, who showed me Corn Slipknot, and I was like, what is this? And then as I started to develop into that, I kind of remember you, Nin, kind of showing me more stuff, like with the Led Zeppelin, a little bit more of the Black Sabbath. Right. And even now, when I went back out to California, this is I'm 30 years old, and my uncle is now showing me more Sabbath stuff, and I've been getting more into that. Uh, so, and I remember you telling me something interesting about me as a baby in the car with you. Maybe playing Led Zeppelin in the stereo? That might have happened a lot. <laughs> so, I think, so I think that was some kind of uh, placement somehow in my head about what I was supposed to really get into. Yeah. You probably heard it when you were in the womb too, but it didn't click on until you were, you know. Yeah. And I, and then I, but then I've, you know, I've realized that I actually listened to a few things like that from movies. I just didn't know what they were. Like uh, the first one that always pops into my head is uh, actually the Power Ranger movie, <laughs> because when they're skydiving, they're skydiving to Red Hot Chili Peppers' Higher Ground. Okay. Like that's how I heard it. There's. <laughs> Not only in the soundtrack of Small Soldiers, a Zeppelin song, which is very rare, they mention Led Zeppelin, you know, character to character, and there's a Zeppelin poster in the background, and I'm just like, well, this chick is cool, she has good <laughs> taste, um, but... And then I slowly, as I liked the soundtracks of the scores and stuff, like for Star Wars and stuff, all the way up till, you know, high school, and I started to really divulge into the heavy metal scene, and then a bit more after that, I got more into the, I can go ahead and say it, the darker stuff. Like, I've gotten really into the death metal, black metal as you quoted the growling and stuff like in Deathcore. Uh, <laughs> how have you felt about... Because I have exposed a little bit to you. I'm not, of course, forcing it onto you. I'm just like, this is something I'm checking out. How, how have you been processing this? Um, well, I will say just like um, you talk about me, you know, maybe opening your eyes to... Some of the Led Zeppelin and, and you know, Black Sabbath things from the old past. Um, you've definitely opened my eyes to... Um, I, I probably never would have 
listen to this genre mm -hmm. uh, to the extent <laughs> um, that you have exposed me to, but um, I, I can appreciate it. Um, you know, to me, as long, for the most part, I have to, I'll have to preface this, if I'm hearing actual instruments, bands who actually write their own music, mm -hmm. perform it, no auto-tune, none of that going on. Um, you know, I'll, I'll listen to it, um, you know, whether or not I, I like it, but that other stuff, I won't give the time of day. Yeah, and kind of then reverting back to how you said that you were more paying attention to the stuff that wasn't radio-friendly, mm -hmm. wasn't considered, you know, popular stuff. You can say that you were listening to The Underground, which is exactly the same thing that I have been kind of doing. Yeah, yeah. History's repeating not, itself here. Not, not really <laughs> listening to the radio other than, you know, Sirius XM sometimes. But I, I just have gotten frustrated and bored with the radio because even if they play good stuff, they just over and over and over again. Like, I hooked up my phone to Sirius XM one time at work, and while I was sitting there, in an hour span, I heard the same song twice. Oh. I was like, okay, I have a feeling that the disc jockey would be getting some flack for this. <laughs> or if he's not, I don't know why. Uh, so, But then when I started now following Banger TV channel that talks about heavy metal and stuff, they talk a lot more exposing the underground people. And then I started listening to that, I'm like... These guys are, like, actually trying and trying to do something either, you know, traditional but kind of tweaking it a little, but they're taking more risks. Whereas I've now found some bands that even though I loved in the initial, they're getting just the same product out. Like, I've, I'm not going to prejudge the Trivium album yet, but the last four albums by them, I'm just like, it's just the same. I'm getting kind of tired of this. Yeah, sadly that happens a lot. Yeah. You know, in in music and not really sure why it happens, what forces are it, you know, going on there that kind of makes that happen, but <clears throat> yeah, I have to say there are definitely those bands IE Ghost <laughs> um, that, the, the, that the, I really the, enjoyed their first Arguably the biggest band um. <laughs> that I introduced you to in the past, I don't know, 10 years. Yes. You just fell I head did. deep into it. I did. You wanted all the albums. You studied and watched a lot of stuff. You found out a lot of information that I didn't know about that was going on, like with the suing and the court stuff going on with Tobias. And yeah, now that last album was very mixed feelings. Yeah, there there were definitely a few songs on there that I liked. Yeah. Um, I still liked Rats. I still liked Faith. I thought those were the two bangers on it. And I I didn't mind the instrumentals, uh, especially the middle one. The second to last one, I felt went a little long, but that also I felt like that could have been like a closer. And then you got like the next song that came out, and I was like, that was just forgettable. <laughs> like, I, I liked exactly half of the album. And <laughs> then there's the quote unquote dreading dance macabre that you oh, <laughs> just no. couldn't stand. No, 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 no. Uh, 
I think that was a turn for you as far as like lyrically, you didn't quite understand what was going on there because you were so used to like the very clear, precise English speaking, like them not kind of messing with it. Yeah. Uh, And then on the flip side, there's then the band that is arguably more heavier and more towards the actual satanic route that has been getting better for the last few albums for me, and that's Behemoth. (laughs) Uh, Which I sadly am still so sad and pissed off that I missed them when I went to go see Slipknot this last time, but that's because of traffic. Uh, So, yeah. uh, No, I've felt like you you weren't afraid of something happening (laughs) with me because I grew up with you you practically raised me uh everybody and everybody was like is always surprised when i'm like no i didn't grow up with this i grew up like this then they're like and you're still like this (laughs) (laughs) like yeah i'm still a pretty easy to talk to with guy that just happens to love death metal (laughs) and it it helps me relax and it dives into the stuff that the popular music doesn't dive into, which is, you know, either it be in politics, like with System of a Down, uh, or suicidal tendencies. It's all stuff that we can, we have that bit of darkness inside of us, so. Uh, Absolutely. And as far, then going back to the set, to the first Black Sabbath album, that first song, Black Sabbath, Technically playing the devil's note over and over again. And yet they're wearing crosses, so... Because they were given them as, like, protection. They're like, what are we protecting ourselves from? (laughs) Oh, demonic things that people think that will happen. And, yeah, I still always say that I've... Even though that's my number one thing, I have a wide range... I have dabbled with a little bit of that country stuff, but that's mostly Johnny Cash, because I can appreciate him. But then there's the whole electronic stuff that I'm just like, what? Because like you were saying, if it's actual instruments and not... It it just causes me to have almost a brain aneurysm and... (laughs) That is the one credit that I say to people that can't stand the hair metal scene. And even I've been getting far from it. I'm like, I can at least appreciate they're playing the freaking instruments. Like, you know, like I said, you can't really qualify them, but Van Halen or even a little bit of Molly Crew, even though I've mm-hmm. kind of been getting off of them for <laughs> the past few years. Uh, but, no. Uh, so, <laughs> you feeling good? <laughs> <laughs> I, I just want to check in with you right now because I know you were nervous about doing this. Oh, I'm fine. Okay. Well, j- before we dive into basically then coming up here in Bloomington, uh, we're just going to take a small break and a word from our sponsor here at Anchor. So back on to now you moved here when... 1978. 1978. Uh, so, and then how many years until my sister was born? <laughs> well, 
she was born in 1985. And happy birthday shout out to her. Happy birthday shout out. Love you, Autumn. Along with your daughter, Ariana, who was yesterday. <laughs> yes. Funny how that worked out. <laughs> and then, uh, so where were you stationed at that part in Indiana? Were you, was it still Smithville? Um, well, no. When she was born, um, it was... We did a little bit of moving around the time when she was born, but, but Bloomington and um, Ellettsville, um, Bloomfield, <laughs> Salisbury, there were a few moves early on. Um, Is Salisbury known for their steak? No. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I had to. The, the only thing in Salisbury of notoriety was the Yoho Market. Yo and apparently there are a lot of people with, there's a Yoho family there. <laughs> um, I, but Salisbury I, was one of those towns where if you blinked, you missed it. it. Yeah. Very out in the country. Very, yeah. It was pretty out there, mm -hmm. but it was way out there. And then, four, let's say four years and a couple of months passed by. I'm going to already declare it your favorite day of all time. <laughs> I was born. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> Not playing favorites at all. Oh, my. Uh, and I have already heard numerous stories about how I was with, how you had me, and you couldn't ride roller coasters when I, you had me. <laughs> well, I couldn't when you were, before you were born. Yeah. Um, yes, I... It was actually the last time I remember going to King's Island, and I was the purse holder. <laughs> oh, don't worry, I turned into a holder of stuff sometimes at concerts because they wanted to go mosh, and I didn't. Uh, so, now after you say you've been here so much longer than out in Cali, now that you've seen stuff change and stuff throughout the years, how have you felt about California versus Indiana living? Um, I don't know. Um, I think the, the basic things about California would, would still hold out there. Um, you know, there's the, the stuff as far as cost of living and, and things like that. Um, there's so much more you can get, uh, for your dollar here in Indiana. <laughs> but, um, you know, I it's the things I loved about it, I still love about it. Um, and I don't think that'll ever change. Mm -hmm. the, you know, the ocean calls me. <laughs> well, trust me, I, I went out there and it's still calling me. So I know I want to get back out there when I can. Mm -hmm. uh, which I really want to go out there with you sometime, too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when we're not in uh, lockdown. Yeah, confinement. which, uh, yeah, everybody out there has been telling me that I was like, yeah, I'm sorry about this, but I have to change the scheduling with this. Um, so now, now I'm going to ask if you, do you remember what film you, you remember me watching for the first time and like really getting into? Because I already am guessing that maybe... It was Lion King. 
that you made me watch me watch for the first time? Well, I remember, I can remember that, um, although the one that stands out the most is probably City Slickers. Yeah. Um, every, <laughs> every time. My, my dad and I were really big into that. <laughs> um, that was, that was one that, yeah, and you always called it Cowboys. Yeah. Uh, you, City Slickers was a little more than, than your uh, vocabulary vocab, was yeah. that at the time, but, <laughs> but you could say Cowboys. Um, but that's one that when I look back, um, that I can really remember mm-hmm. at a young age, you really being into. Cause I, I think if I try my best in my memory that I think the first animated 3d that I saw was ants mm. dad. That's, that's me just totally trying to guess, <laughs> uh, because Unlike some people that we know who can remember so far back, uh, there's just stuff that I just can't really remember uh, like that that I wish I could. Uh, I do, however, as I stated before, know that one of the biggest influences for me as far as knowing that this is film and this is what it can do was Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Pretty sure on record that I'm grew up with Star Wars. I had Star Wars toys. I had the Millennium Falcon that made the sounds and the callbacks and the sabers. I, how many sabers did I have? I had a couple of those. You know, they'd last for so long and, and, and they broke. might break. And so we'd have to replace it. And, uh, but yes, I stepped on many action figures in the dark. However, you didn't step on Legos. No, there were no I Legos. Was not, I was, I've never been a giant Lego person. Nope, nope. Because call me uncreative when it comes to building something, but Legos never struck me, which is very surprising than how much I loved Lego movie. <laughs> but that's a whole. That's like the whole story. Is yeah, great. we all like Lego movies. Yeah. Uh, so I, I guess I kind of would like to dive into... Uh, I know there may be certain genres that you're really big into. I know comedy is a big one because uh, you like Mel Brooks movies. Uh, I know you dabble in a little bit of horror. I think a blip, maybe a bit more now, or is it about the same? Mm, I don't know because when when I was young, and we're we're going back to California days. Um, me and my friend Terry would go to a lot of scary movies. Um, and they might have been more in the B-movie category, a mm-hmm. lot of Vincent Price kind of movies. Um, but we, that was a huge genre that was out. This would have been in the, in the early 70s. Which, uh, which does kind of go back to the Alice Cooper. Yeah, stage, yeah. Right? <laughs> I mean, but, um, you, you could say he's doing a B show on yeah, stage. So. Yeah. Even it would have been yeah late sixties, early seventies. So there were, there was um, a lot back then, and that's probably what I can remember. Um, I also can remember going to a Beatles film festival mm-hmm. that they played all the Beatles movies back to back to back, which was pretty cool. Yeah, you. I think that's how you introduced the Beatles to me was help. It probably was. Um, <laughs> Which I, I had those albums when, when they came out. Uh, that was probably my very, very first rock and roll 
uh, introduction was mm -hmm. the, the Beatles. Yeah, I, I had help and Hard Day's Night when they were released back in 1964, 65. Um, that, that's why I was surprised that it, I was like, I could have sworn like Beatles were a big thing for you. Yeah, I, I guess I did kind of jump ahead. <laughs> that, that would have been, they would have honestly been my very first exposure. Yeah. Um, and my dad used to always say, turn that noise down. down. That's not music. So I heard myself saying that later on at, at some of the things that I heard my child listen to. Which child was this? Um, not necessarily you. <laughs> um, you did listen to a little bit of it, but um, yeah. But yeah. Um, and that's okay. Everybody yeah. has their thing. Is there... What would you say is a guilty pleasure for you as far as movies? Oh, probably the old rom-com kind of thing. <laughs> I there there are some that I just have to watch. Um, those feel good kind of movies. Mm -hmm. um, and and some of the the musicals. Um, mm -hmm. There were definitely uh, like Tommy, um, Hair. Um, the Rocky Horror Picture. You know, I've never really <laughs> seen. That I've seen really, bits and pieces. I could have sworn that I watched it with no. you one night. Okay. No. I guess I'm gonna have to <laughs> pull that one out for you to watch. Cause I heard a whole lot about that, and when I finally watched, it, I just sat there, just like I have no idea really what this is, but I'm just enthralled by everything. Because <laughs> Tim, of course, Tim Curry, who's one of my favorite of all times, he's just so charismatic and just. Uh, the set pieces and everything. That's why it's now become one of my favorite musicals to watch. Even though I still have no idea what this is. Uh, and as far as, like, if we're counting out Disney and animation and stuff like that, I would say I wasn't a giant musical person as far as, like, live action stuff. Uh, I mean, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I still have really never sat down and watched Sound of Music. Oh, my. Now, see, I'll I, watch I, that every year. And I know I've only seen, like, bits that were shown to me at mm -hmm. some parts. Uh, and I could definitely appreciate it. I just went through a phase where I was just like, uh, musicals are dumb. <laughs> Which now I feel very bad that I was like. Uh, but then when I saw, like, Sweeney Todd... That got me back into seeing more stuff than La La Land happen, and I was like, "Yeah, I can definitely appreciate it. And I actually really like this sometimes." Uh, but then there's stuff like Cats. Oh, no. <laughs> that was a whole other thing that's going to be hopefully experienced once the whole lockdownish kind of thing is over, because I am te I, not just me and Nick are going to be the only ones to talk about this. Damon, you're on notice. <laughs> Uh, you're going to sit down and watch this for a Rotten Egg special. Um, but the whole fact of then trained voices, trying to act, dance and stuff, which then leads into the whole conversation of should good singers that can't act be in the movie and should good actors who can't sing be in the movie. So there's a whole dubbing conversation going on with that. 
Yeah, I mean, my, my personal preference is um, a good singer, I think, could learn to act because to me, a musical, if the music's not yeah. good, it's not good. Mm -hmm. um, and at least have a good story. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There has to be a story to it, and, and it is different. You know, you have to, it's a different mindset as far as watching the movie. Um, yeah. And, you know. But if it's good music and good storytelling, you usually get into it. And, you know, with Tommy, you had The Who. Yeah. Um, that, was, that was one I did see in the movie theaters oh. the first time. It was actually um, a class I was in high school. Uh, we got to go there on a field trip because it was a mass media class, and we hmm. had to critique it. <laughs> um, and stuff so um, yeah that was another one of those that I got to, to see in the theaters and I mean you know you had Eric Clapton, Tina Turner, Elton John yeah. I mean you had all kinds of people in this and you know they didn't necessarily have to act as much they let some actors who could sing like Anne Margaret and mm -hmm. uh, you know those people kind of carry more of the load of acting, but it's so, it was so much music that... Now, now, one of you have not mentioned that I have heard you now a couple of years now mention in snippets and stuff and maybe even watch at one point, and that's Jesus Christ Superstar. Oh, I love it. Which, again, is one I've it. never watched. Absolutely. Maybe it's... I've been standoffish with because of my whole thing with it, but... I was just like, maybe I just need to get a little bit over that. You do, um, because um, a lot of our views are very similar. Um, mm -hmm. I am not a religious person by any means. What I appreciate, I look at it as a story. Mm -hmm. And for me, I felt like I was hearing different sides of the story. Mm -hmm. um, kind of giving you a little more sympathy and you know these could have been some actual events that were happening at the time not necessarily some of the more mythical kind of things that were going on but just from a story mm -hmm. um i think it's good and the music i think is just amazing mm -hmm. i that was one i had on eight track tape <laughs> that i listened to I almost forgot, along with Pink Floyd, Dark Side of the Moon, yeah. that was another eight track I had that I listened to till it broke. Yeah. I, I would say that, again, just a small throw in there, probably Pink Floyd is a big one for me because that's what I was being taught to play and yeah. grew to appreciate. And like I said, uh, that kind of goes back to kind of that prog yeah, they, they, that, that I I, I want to say them and Rush were the big oh, yeah. prog one. people. Uh but so then just to kind of go off of that what did you think of this the new jesus christ superstar that was live i really enjoyed it um you know i for, for the most part i felt everybody could handle the songs vocally mm -hmm. um i will say and this is my opinion um you know, John Legend, I, mm -hmm. I do appreciate him. I think he seems like a very good guy. I don't think that necessarily his range was up 
for the vocals that were demanded of the part he played. I think he did a good job. I think if I'm... I think there were other people who have played that part that did mm -hmm. it much better. Um, yeah. Just like I said, just had a little more powerful voice and could handle power in the higher notes. Mm -hmm. But they also and, are probably like, if we have John Legend, we're going to get more viewership. <laughs> oh, yeah. And like I said, I mean, he he did a, a good job. I mean, I, I just... Not that was the only thing that was a little bit lacking as mm -hmm. far I one of those goosebump moments that yeah. I get when I've heard other people sing some of those songs. So now, how, now, now how was it seeing Alice Cooper there? That was awesome. <laughs> that was awesome. That was definitely a highlight I, for I, me. I, I just saw people just reacting to oh that gosh. and it wasn't even like a is this good or bad? They were just blown away just by was, seeing him. He walked onto the stage and the audience erupted. I mean, he had to kind of delay starting yeah. his performance part of it because people mm. were just going crazy acknowledging yeah. that, wow. So then now they're like, oh, crap. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I think if, cause, just because I watched some of it, uh, I think you told me, I don't remember right if i do was it the guy that played judas that you thought was really really good oh like yeah he was like had like the deep kind of he he had a good voice and uh the guy who played caiaphas who had a, a good alto voice he was one of the high the main high priest mm -hmm. um and, yeah. and also what kind of reminded me is because one time on youtube this week i was going through and recommended to me was apparently a new adaptation of this. Uh, I think it was made in London, and it's from the channel called The Show Must Go On, and it looked like they were definitely updating it and having like people fighting like the police. <laughs> and okay, I, so I, set I, in, I, in more now mod times. More, more okay, modern gotcha. time. So I gotcha. was like, I gotta remember this, because I have to tell you, because I want to see if you watch it and see how, what you think of it. Uh, but I, did, I just watched like the first few minutes and I was just like, okay, well, they're not touching subjects right now <laughs> with music from back then. So uh, I'm just now also curious, this may be a little bit more of an open, like trying to think of which ones, but what is there a certain movie that I said I really, really liked that you hadn't seen? And then once you saw, you were just like, wow. This is like more mo talking more modernish that you were like this could get me like really like back I don't know to watching more <laughs> like uh, Wolf of Wall Street or some stuff like that was just like bl you were blown away by what you had seen. Um. Well, a lot of the uh, Quentin Tarantino kind of movies. Um, kind of do that for me. Mm -hmm. um, I definitely appreciate his his art form and, and the way he uh, goes you, about his storytelling, as graphic as it can be, but it's appropriate graphic. I mean, um, we saw Django Unchained on Christmas. <laughs> it was great. Yeah. And then you really enjoyed Once Upon a Time in oh Hollywood. Oh my gosh. I, I really enjoyed that a lot. Mm -hmm. Um 
I know at the time it was set in also, you know, that kind of took me back to that time. I could remember all those events because I remember that all happening mm -hmm. out there. Um, and yeah, it's kind of, kind of a cool thing to see if I could rewrite history a little bit. Yeah. How would I change this? I, I would tell some people that because they were like, they, did, they hadn't seen it yet. And they're like, if you had to kind of describe what I'm getting into, I was like, well, if you have seen Quentin Tarantino's previous stuff, I would say maybe if you've seen Inglorious Bastards, because that is him tweaking with history, because, yeah, Hitler doesn't kill himself in this history. Uh, but then also if you'd seen, like, Hateful Eight, because it's also a very long, just talkative movie, really. Like, it's not as long as Hateful Eight, but... Hateful Eight has like a lot of dialogue in it, and then it's not until you get to the last ten minutes that it gets crazy. <laughs> Which, when that happens, as everybody says, they like erupted with, you know, joy and stuff. Uh, which I have said that Once Upon a Time was one that took me the second watch to really love it, because I watched when I saw it the first time, I was like, yeah, I really liked it. There were just kind of questions about story plot stuff that I was just like, that kind of built to nothing. But then when I watched it again, I was just having a good time with it. I was just like, you know what? This is just a fun throw throwback to movies that nobody else is making now. Mm -hmm. Which yeah. is why Quentin Tarantino is one of my favorites. Now I'm just sad that apparently he's going to make one more. <laughs> yeah. When I when Our I feel, when I feel like he's hit his you know, creative stride, because as much as I love Pulp Fiction, loved uh, Kill Bill and stuff like that now, he's like making his own characters now, and then working with history, so I feel like he's relying less on stuff that he was influenced by, but then, then there's always the theory that it's going to be a Star Trek movie, <laughs> which I'm like, What? <laughs> But I kind of still want to see that. Hey, don't hate Star Trek. <laughs> I watched that show. No, no, that's the thing. Uh, Star, I, I was a die standing up for Star Wars when it came to that. And now I've watched a few Star Trek stuff. And I'm like, you know what? This ain't that bad. I still have yet to watch really the old stuff. Like the more uh, previous universe that was like with Wrath of Khan and stuff like that. But that's on my shelf to watch at some point <laughs> as I've been going through the stuff that I need to watch. And as I told Damon on the last episode, I was like, the next ones I have to watch are really long, so I don't know when I necessarily will get to them. Whereas those ones, I'm like, I watch it, then I got to watch the next one, then I got to watch the next one. <laughs> uh, I always appreciated um, Star Trek. Mm -hmm. I It was more cerebral and Star Wars was more action well, yeah, because... But it was very, they were very different, but I loved them both. Close Encounters, if they're kind, that was even yeah. a different. Um, and I liked and totally enjoyed that, too. That was one I saw at the movie theater, so got to see that on the big screen. That had a, um, I think, what was it a 40-year anniversary relaunch in the theater for a little bit? And I was like, oh, I actually might go do that. Then never did. <laughs> Uh, well, but don't forget that also then skyrocketed the uh, toy, mm. do, 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 do. <laughs> which I think I did have. I can't Thank remember you. if I did. 
which now going back, you think for somebody like me that does the memory thing with that, I'd be really good at it. At some yeah. point, it got hard. <laughs> uh, and I might be wrong, but was it called Simon Says or something like that? Yes. Yeah, it was. Uh, and kind of also rolling off of your guilty pleasures, I'm also big into the B-movies now. Or even like the Z movie that is Ooh, so, oh, bad. so bad. It's, good. it's awesome. Yes. Like The Room. The Room. I, <laughs> which some people were like, when I told, you watched that with your mom? I'm like, yeah. I, I'm comfortable with watching some stuff like this with her. In fact, I was the one saying, you should check this out because you enjoyed The Disaster Artist, which was the whole thing about the making of it. Um,. Or then, like, Troll 2, which you've not seen, but... Oh, that the horror stuff that just fails at being horror is so entertaining sometimes. That's horrible. Yeah. Like, uh, like uh, Jason X now, or something like that. Which, oh, jeez, when I went through those horror franchises now, I'm just like, it's an eye-opening of people thought that was good to... Yeah, I understand that's bad, but it's hilarious. Or I sometimes disagree with. I actually don't appreciate the original as much. I like the middle part, <laughs> like with J with the whole Jason thing. Jason lives. It's that campiness and it has fun, so that's why I like it more than the first one, actually. Uh, but I would say that. Uh, as far as like movie going experiences lately, uh, of course not talking you have about to remember this year. A ways not, back. Yeah, not this year especially. Uh, I can think of that we saw Django Unchained in the theater. We did we see Wolf of Wall Street in the theater? I think we did. Yeah, and that was a fun three hours. <laughs> mm -hmm. Which that's always like when it comes to like the ones that I was just watching recently. I was like. Yeah, I think Wolf of Wall Street is like the only three-hour movie I could watch over and over again because it just flies, because it's so quick. A lot the, going on. The humor and stuff in it. Um, and I know that you're also not too much into the whole Hollywood political stuff that I'm like following, too. But we have actual political stuff going on that I agree is way more important. Yeah, real-life political stuff going uh, on. Which, again, whenever I watch that stuff, I just get angry. <laughs> and I just need to go put on some death metal now. <laughs> uh, but uh, I guess we could kind of divulge in, because uh, the, what I did with uh, Damon this last time was, what I called it free range of stuff that we had watched recently to talk about. Uh I talked about it a little bit with him, but he hadn't seen the whole series. And it's Tiger King. Ah, yeah. <laughs> that I showed you. Tiger but, King. But then we also got the extra bo bonus episode of yes. the catch-up. So, uh... We watched that, and I've also got on YouTube and watched several interviews. Um, Seth Meyers did with different cast uh, members. Um, so... Try, trying to kind of get all the different perspectives, although I'm sure there will probably be more yeah. and more to come about it. I'm already predicting that Joe Exotic's going to be the number one Halloween costume. I never thought about that. If we can go out for Halloween. If we can trick-or-treat again. Uh, but I might have to throw the candy to the kids. 
You mean the one that usually the comes? The one kid that comes. Um, so, with, with before you, though, saw all the YouTube stuff of the behind, what did you think of the series? Um, I already put it out there that I thought it was insanity, that it was, but it was entertaining. Yeah, it was like watching a train wreck. I mean, you just couldn't take your eyes off it. Um, it, it made me mad. Um, being a, an animal lover that I am, uh, mm -hmm. kind of sickened me to think about some of the things that I'm sure we have not, maybe will not ever see or know. Um, but my gosh, yeah, what, what a character. Mm -hmm. Um, a Char lot of characters. Char characters. Um, yeah, there's just a lot going on there and, and you know, and I guess that would be another guilty pleasure of mine would be some of, of the, uh, reality yeah. things that that are real um yeah it, it's truth is crazier fiction mm -hmm. i mean you, i saw i saw his pink sequin shirt was on ebay um somebody got a hold of it and so i'm sure there'll be more of that to come but yeah, yeah. um yeah i would i would definitely qualify it as that and i'll just like hey if you think it can't go Crazier, no, watch the next episode. It gets even crazier. Uh, I I would say it was something like, as far as like for the animal stuff, yeah, I that's kind of, it gets me really mad too. Uh, I'd say, I still have never watched The Cove, which I have heard, whoo, that messes you up. But I would almost quantify it almost, but more on a serious tone with Blackfish. Uh, I really, yeah, Blackfish definitely... That was a... I watched that many times. Um, but, yeah. And and I can remember going to SeaWorld as a kid. Mm -hmm. uh, SeaWorld, Marine Land. And yeah. so I can... I remember those days when it was like, wow, you know, you thought this was so cool. And no. I was a kid um, yeah. at the time. Never, ever would have dreamed what was actually going on and obviously knowing that now I you know, yes. I can't endorse I, that it just no. Free I, Willy. I I've I have i have felt so differently about stuff like that, like it just zoos in general. Mm -hmm. I mean I know there are very qualified zoos that are actually doing the right thing most of the time. It's just very hard for me to get over that hump of how I feel about our, our okay, but I really prefer them in nature. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's where they actually belong. Yeah, and if you want to hearken way back to a um, a movie that I saw as a kid that, that kind of did that, it was called Born Free. Um, I even had the album soundtrack to it. Hmm. Um, but that was one, and and even though it was it wasn't on the level of, some of those other um, movies that exposed a lot of things, and it wasn't to that extent. It was just about trying to keep a wild animal in human care. Mm -hmm. Whatever your good intentions are, they really deserve to be free, if yeah. they can be. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously, if they've been either injured to the point that they could not take care of themselves or they've been around humans so much that they would not have a natural fear to get away from poachers or killers or something like that. Mm -hmm. But as much it's, as we love them, tough. and I love animals, 
I would love to touch a lion or a tiger <laughs> or something like that. But but now I know that's yeah. I can admire them from a distance. Yeah. Uh, well, I would say then to kind of roll off into stuff that I didn't want because we watched the whole series throughout throughout last week. Then we watched mm -hmm. the newest episode where we were like, "What? There's another episode!" And then it was like a Meh. you know behind the scenes thing. Look at them. Although it was nice to see, uh, what was his name, John with teeth? <laughs> oh, yeah, he got teeth. Yeah. And so <laughs> so a shirt. So that, so he had a nice. shirt on, too. Uh, but then rolling right after that, I then watched a movie that I had never watched before, and that was Heat. Mm. Uh, starring Al Pacino, Robert De Niro, and Val Kilmer. I heard amazing things about it, but I... Never got around to it for a long time because it's two hours and 50 minutes. Uh, so I knew that was a dedication. Uh, directed by Michael Mann, I'm pretty sure it's his most praised film that he's made lately. Uh, because the only other one that comes to my head that I've not watched was his cinematic version of Miami Vice. Uh, but that wasn't even too well received. That was more liked for the technical work. Uh, which I really liked the cinematography in this. I love the look of the city in it whenever it does like the overhead with the helicopters. Uh, but then when you have Hal Pacino and Robert De Niro and they sit down and talk, which I didn't see until uh, I finally watched The Irishman last year, uh, boy, they can just carry a whole conversation because they're so good. Uh, and another thing that I had briefly mentioned to you is that a thing that I noticed was the volume of stuff because they made like the guns and the weapons stuff like probably accurately loud. <laughs> like you're you have to turn up the TV just to hear some of the dialogue sometimes, but then a gun will be brought out and it's like <laughs> you're like oh I need earplugs now, <laughs> especially for the uh, very well choreographed. Uh, bank sequence towards the end where they're like a standoff with the police and it's, just, it's white knuckle tension uh, I would say again a hindrance is the time factor because it's not something like Wolf of Wall Street where it's you know fast pace quick uh, there's a lot of long just talking sequences and character building moments but also, Val Kilmer, I thought, was pretty good, even though it's a much smaller role than I thought, actually. Uh, so, yeah, I, I see why it's a highly recommended bank heist movie that inspired a lot of bank heist movies with, that I've become a pretty big fan of. Not a giant fan, but a big fan. So, yeah, I would say, yeah, highly recommend Heat. Have you seen Heat? And if so, how much do you remember? I don't think I have seen it. Mm -hmm. um, I think it was, it was 1995. Yeah. Um, no, I don't think I, I've seen that one. Well. <laughs> I guess sometime it's, when it's, I have three some, hours. Yeah, at some point when you have a three-hour <laughs> gap, you can watch it. Uh, but how about you dive into the first one that you checked out that you hadn't seen um well i actually watched don john mm -hmm. uh joseph gordon levitt's uh, movie scarlett johansson julianne, uh, julianne moore. moore um definitely uh, i 
don't know that I was quite expecting what the subject matter was about, but, um, you know, addiction is addiction is addiction. And I saw this in the theater. Any movies, um, I tend to really enjoy movies that you see a character start out one way and then evolve mm -hmm. and grow. Um, Called an arc. Into um, a better version of himself or herself. Mm -hmm. um, so that I really, you know, I appreciate that. He he does a really good job. Uh, the fact that he was behind the scenes as well as in front it was pretty wrote, impressive. Wrote, wrote and directed it. Um, but yeah, uh, sexual addiction. It was, it, it was pretty crazy. But um, yeah, I thought it was handled really well. Um, I, I enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I really liked it. Uh, I, the first time I watched it, I was not used to the way that it ended. But as I thought about it and I watched it again, I was like, no, I, I understand this ending, actually. Because mm -hmm. as I've gotten used to now, maybe not having the nice Hollywood ending is actually close to reality. Which, but it was a good ending, I thought. Yeah. I mean, it was a ha to me, it was, a, pardon the pun, a happy ending. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, uh, and uh, I definitely though agree. All the acting all across the board, I thought was really good, and uh, definitely not hard to see why this could not have been this type of movie, especially with a great actress and Scarlett Johansson. Yeah, yeah, she. I, I definitely I enjoy her in a lot of movies, and all three of these um, main people in here, I through the years have enjoyed their work. Yeah, I, I still want to go back and watch like one of Joseph's earliest, earliest movies, which is called Brick, which is made in Canada. But I can't find copies somehow. Yeah. Uh, so then going off of Heat, for me, I went on and I fully rewatched Green Mile. <laughs> I had never watched this entire movie before. I'd only ever seen clips uh, mostly just it being Tom Hanks and uh, Michael Clark Duncan, rest in peace. Yes. Uh, Great movie. It, I it, enjoyed it, that. It's really good. It's really long, too. But. It's a little bit over three hours, which I was just like, again, this is probably going to be a hindrance. But uh, one thing I noticed right away was the camera work and the way that it looked. I was like, this looks really good. I really like the cinematography, and I found out it's the same director of Shawshank. Uh, which, why not, coming off of that, would you not involve him with another Stephen King that takes place in prison? Um, and it just had me just, though, going the whole time, I was just like, why is this guy here? He has this super, again... This is probably the one thing that I would give Shawshank a little bit over. Is like cause the the supernatural thing is really weird and jarring, but it does like have you like, why is this guy here? He seems like just this, you know, oaf that doesn't really know better but can help people. Uh, so, but then when it divulges into the final act and you find out how he's actually there and stuff. Which then can lead into other talks about the prison oh, yeah. system. You get prison uh, and race and and just the whole the whole thing. Yeah. Falsely accused. 
I mean, all of it. Uh, but the thing that I didn't know about this just was the giant cast overall. I did not know that uh, Sam Rockwell is in this as a crazy Billy kid. Um, and then I just noticed a couple other people that were kind of starting to be regulars in Stephen King movies, especially for prison ones. Uh, like, I think he was the warden of it. Uh, he was a really tall, mm-hmm. lanky guy. Yeah. Because uh, I, I, then I realized that Tom Hanks actually was in part of just the death row part. He was not the warren. Uh, which, what a shock Tom Hanks was really good in it. Uh, gosh, I'm hoping he pulls through this okay. Uh, just America's dad. <laughs> it's it, it, it's going to be... I heard they're better. So. Yeah, so that's always nice to hear. Uh I can't. I can't think of his name off the top of my head, but he plays like his second in command. He's been in a few other projects oh, that I've yeah. seen. Uh, I think the first thing I saw him in was actually Armageddon. <laughs> uh, but this was the one where I was like, he's actually pretty big, <laughs> like physically. It's not only then when Michael Clark then shows up that he's like, uh, now I'm dwarfed. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I totally understand why this got all the critical claim it was, which, funny enough, that and Shawshank are the two highestly critically praised Stephen King adaptations so far, and they both take place in prison. Not like the... And aren't horror movies, not kind of thing. really, no. It's more drama and yeah. kind of almost... A, that was almost more of a depressing kind of ending with that shimmer of hope. Whereas Shawshank is a hopeful ending. Oh, yeah. <laughs> One yeah. of the best cinematic endings I've ever seen. So, yeah, I would... Again, you got the time. <laughs> I highly would recommend Green Mile now. Uh, I, For a long time, I thought it was kind of overrated until I watched it. So then I was like, nope, I get it. <laughs> so... It's probably now up there. And as I explained to you, which I can't show viewers, this is probably one of my favorite cases I own now for the movie. Uh, So how about you dive into the final one that you have recently watched? Yeah, uh, last night we watched Hitchcock um, Mm -hmm. with Anthony Hopkins... Helen Mirren, Scarlett Johansson again. As, um, I, as I said, apparently you had a Scarlett fever. <laughs> um, and Toni Collette, it was, you know, seeing her in, in kind of a different role from the other movies I've seen her in. Um, this was fun, too, because I have always been an Alfred Hitchcock fan. Um, mm-hmm. Those, again, are movies that I can remember seeing uh, as a young, young lady. Um I thought they did a great job. I thought, you know, I've always liked Anthony Hopkins um, and Helen Mirren too. Those mm-hmm. those two are, are too amazing that, that can s- somehow pull off which just now, about any role. Which now I can actually say the first movie I ever watched with Helen Mirren <laughs> was Excalibur. <laughs> Me too! <laughs> which, I, which now whenever I rewatched it, I was like, why did I watch it again when I was young? <laughs> There's a... <laughs> A lot of stuff there, but continue. <laughs> Young Helen Mirren. Um, but yeah, I thought it was great to see. Uh, 
And some, some of the stories behind the scenes I can remember hearing um, about Alfred Hitchcock. Um, a lot I sure didn't know any of the stuff that went on between him and his wife. That was never really anything that was out in the, in the public. Mm-hmm. Um, but the intensity that, that he did um, with his movies and, and how seriously he yeah. took them, um, while he battled his demons in his life, um, I mean, you know, it, it made him a, a human being, not just this Alfred Hitchcock, you know, the mystique mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, so I really, yeah, I really enjoyed that movie too. Um, uh, yeah, I definitely enjoyed Hitchcock. Uh, this being kind of marketed as like, this is like the story behind, you know, him making Psycho and stuff like that. Uh, but funny enough, after I thought about it for a little while, and then when I rewatched it again, I was like, you know, you can almost make this as a case. This is more about his wife, actually, mm-hmm. about how important and influential she was to every project being made. Because, as he said, she sees the final cut and gives an okay or not. She helps with the editing. And that is something I've heard. Mm-hmm. Great male directors, a lot of times you look and see who the editor was, and it might be a woman. Yeah. Um, and then seeing, like, her, like, saying, like, you know, I do all of this stuff, but you get all the praise, like, when it comes to the press mm-hmm. and the media. Um, and then him kind of breaking down that jealousy kind of wall at some point with her and Wick. Uh, but... If anything, this also would help me just then go back like, you know, there are some Alfred Hitchcock movies I've not seen. (laughs) Uh, I mean, of course, I now have seen Psycho, and I love Psycho. I love Rear Window. That's one of my... I could almost say that's a perfect movie. Um, But I haven't seen some like North by Northwest that has been talked about in that. I haven't seen Rope. (laughs) Um, But... More of the Jimmy Stewart ones. Birds, I was like, Vertigo. I, well, Birds I have seen, and Vertigo, Vertigo I have seen, which they talked about it a number of times. They're like, this lost us money. <laughs> and we're like, well, yeah, that's all that studios cares if they make money. But then it's stuff like Vertigo that is now praised so high because that's the whole thing about the art is that it can be a travesty and stuff for the business as far as you know, sales and stuff wise, and it doesn't get the recognition, but then years and years later, everybody's like, this actually is really good, really influential. Um, but I thought that Anthony Hopkins and Helen Mirren were really good in it. Uh, and then, funny enough, I mentioned it to you, huh, if I remember right, Anthony Hopkins was actually up for an Oscar for this. The makeup was also too. And funny enough, it takes a Brit <laughs> to be in a fat suit <laughs> and get nominated. Uh, the only thing I'll ever be like, oh, Anthony, and that was when he was in the Transformers movie. Uh, yeah. But as somebody pointed out, I think you can see on his face when he realizes what movie he's in. He's <laughs> like, oh, what has happened? Which is always the toughest part when it comes with actors that are seasoned. Because yeah. they're like, we still want to have work, but we still need to pay off stuff, and we want our reputation high. Uh, 
but uh, and a but then they can have a resurgence, like a little bit like Nicolas Cage. <laughs> yeah. Which he may not be making big money, but he's been in more good projects now than lately. So, and funny side note that I wanted to get this use this to get out to you, uh, Valley Girl remake. Oh no. No, no, no. Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> that movie was great. There's a guilty pleasure. Love that movie. One of his first. Yeah. I think this is Don't the first touch it. I, I think this is the first one they're remaking that is a Nicolas Cage starring movie without Nicolas Cage. <laughs> Which I'm just like, why? No. But I'm also under the influence that 10 years or so I'm going to see a Star Wars remake. At some point, that—that's just how. Other again, we're pulling from the undergrounds, like A twenty four and stuff like that, that are making like original horror stuff and you know very unique things like Swiss Army Man or uh, Hereditary, Midsummer, uh, Duke. That's why I've been getting more into the horror stuff because that's the ones that they're trying and doing something different so that's or quiet place which is kind of self finance but then funny enough that was financed by michael bay <laughs> to be fair he only financed and produced it he didn't make it which now i'm just thinking about the sequel now that i'm like uh i can't i really wanted that sequel um so yeah uh I think we're kind of coming towards the end of this. Uh, how have you felt about this for the first time, Mom? Oh, it's been a lot of fun. Um, you know, it's always fun to talk about things going on and things you've done and hopefully it didn't bore everybody to death. <laughs> but I enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, as I said off the top, probably... If not the top, maybe top two people in my family I have no problem talking with about this stuff. You, Moses, Mariah, all the people in Cali now. Uh, he says Cali. Cali. I love it. Like, that. there's almost like a connection there. Of. <laughs> uh, so, na But now I want to see if you, if you feel like it, if you have thought of this, a nickname... <laughs> Is in a poultry themed because I have one in mind. I just don't know how you'll feel about it. Oh, let me hear. Mother Goose. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Because it is kind of hard at this point because I have so many people now with nicknames, and I'm trying to think of like who it fits. A theme with the person. <laughs> so we have to get some kind of bird or chicken or it has if it has some kind of poultry. If, if, if it has if it has wings. <laughs> if it has wings. Like I, I, however, Pegasus does not count. <laughs> no Pegasus, no Icarus, no. Um, wow, I'll have to think about that. Or maybe because I don't know how often you might decide to be on here. Yeah. I'm going to cut you some slack and you can go with Icarus. 
Since there's the Kansas theme there, too. <laughs> which is still my favorite Kansas song. Yes. Uh, so, Melody Icarus. <laughs> Lest we think of, uh, you know, something else. I like bats, too. But I'm Batman. <laughs> Batwoman. <laughs> but, uh, we'll, we'll see. Yeah. Give me time uh, to think about something. Maybe if I get to do this again, we'll have an introduction of a name. Because, yeah, who knows? You will might have enough free time. <laughs> oh, I hope I get back to work soon. Yeah. May 1st. Because uh, I still am able to keep going, so I just feel bad for you. <laughs> but I feel worse for other people, so. Yeah. Uh, I'm just going to kind of leave off with, I hope you guys have been entertained with this. Uh, take time out of your maybe quarantine time. Hopefully we entertained you a little bit. Uh, otherwise, just continue to be safe, vigilant, and just be as happy as possible now. <laughs> uh, other than that, normally I say, would you like to plug your social medias? I don't but, have but yeah, you. But yeah, <laughs> so I'm just going to be like, yep. You can find Melody here at I'm her here. house. I'm here at home. Uh, with the three cats. Jack, Frank, and Lucy. Which, you know what? That can be your Joe Exotic Tiger thing. Ah, you can just pet, pet the cats. Yep. That'll work. Some, some of them, I'm like, you know what? Big cats may be more interesting. You have not met our cats. They're pretty interesting. Uh... Other than that, guys, I hope you just subscribe here, Poultry Inc., and just keep listening. If you want to find me on Twitter, I'm at GaioLoco89, Facebook, Ian Novak. It's the only ones I feel like plugging because my Instagram, I'm like, I don't, I just post random pictures of stuff of like, I'm listening to this band or I'm going to see this movie. That's basically all I do, which... Funny enough, the next thing I'll say, I've been listening to Black Dahlia Murder. New album, sick. <laughs> Till then, see you guys next time, and be safe, and be happy.